0: How are you? I'm, um, you know, how are y'all? It's well, a better question. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. <laughs> I'm Kiss. I'm Damon. And this is Ergo Radio, showcasing strong young voices from Chicago and beyond. Every week, another live, long-form interview with an artist, writer, thinker, creator, maker, person, reshaping the culture of our city for the more equitable and the more we're over here in ergo studio c the post loudness studio shout out post loudness as we continue our ergo run it back series <laughs> with uh, a very special guest making her return to the air i'm back she is a she's everything uh, I'm, she's, she's everything everything. i'm getting my sounds
1: ready you go you, you say the name
2: <laughs> oh, that was such a good sound. Thank,
0: you. <laughs> that was Thank like, you. That was like when you're walking through the middle of the zoo and all the animals yeah. are making noises at the Thank same time.
2: Thank you so much. That was
1: beautiful. How is the world treating you? How are you treating the world?
2: Oh, you know, I knew that'd be the question and I didn't prepare at all. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> that's great. Um, the, I, I'm treating the world as best as I can. Um... How is the world treating me? I had a difficult week uh and it was a good reminder to work on like balancing all the things, all the work life things and to get sleep and eat healthy and all that kind of stuff. so you know it's all it's all good i'm blessed too blessed to be stressed. <laughs>
0: And highly favored.
2: I'm blessed and highly favored, as I tell Daniel constantly when we're working on an event together. He's like, how's this going to work? And I'm like, Daniel, I'm blessed and highly favored. Everything's going to be fine. It's not going to rain. And it's been proven to be true. Yeah, exactly. Show me the lie. You can't.
0: So to that point, I mean, I think it's – I want to hear a little bit more about this week, and I want to stay on that because I think you're constantly putting things out into the world, and it's not all like with this polish of like nothing's wrong. Like you're also willing to show that stuff. Um, But I do think even in that, it's like tough to see. Anyway, we'll get to that. But let's start with like the (laughs) beginning of the week, which was the end of months and months and months of us working together on a project, um, which was the second annual Incubator and Chicago Poetry Block Party. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank
2: you. It went so well. It was very fun. (laughs) Yeah, it was really fun. He
0: was like super anxious
1: for a very long time. Oh, I'm sure.
2: I mean, Daniel takes up a lot of work on that and he produces it so well and- um, yeah. So what do you want to, you just want me to talk about the, the well, stuff,
0: the I things? W- I'll get to the, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what I want yeah, just the th- what are the things? Mm-hmm. No, the, the question is what were some surprising moments from the block party? What stood out to you? Um, yeah. What, what, what are the like remnants that now a little over a week later are still like swirling around for you?
2: Yeah. So, So we did these two events. Um, One is more public facing, and one is less so. So the the Emerging Poets Incubator. um, Myself and Nate Marshall together. We go by Crescendo Literary, and then Nate Marshall. Yeah, shout out to friend of the show as well as I want to say the
1: most referenced
0: person mm-hmm. he far. comes up that all is fascinating more
2: than koval more than kevin koval <laughs>
0: definitely kevin doesn't come definitely up definitely more than see
2: kevin. that is really interesting because it shows that says something really beautiful about nate that he's out here like doing stuff mm-hmm. with the with the people yeah nate and i are like um we are like uh partners in creation in a way that i'm so grateful for mm-hmm. because i think we share Crescendo Literary is, like, our attempt to formalize this shared vision that we have for the city, and it's really cool to be able to work with somebody that, like, has overlapping skills but different skills than you and um, that, like, wants the same things that you want for the world. So, hmm. anyway, so we and um, our good friend Idalmi Noriega at the Poetry Foundation, squad, um, we put together this this three-day incubator where um, the idea behind it is that poets like us, so poets who consider community engagement like a central aspect of their uh, artistry it's not something they do on the side or something extra. It's like part of who they are as artists.
1: That sounds like the title of something Poets Like Us.
2: Poets Like (laughs) Us. Um, Poets who are out here and, you know, teaching artistry and community work and organizing Mm. and whether that's open mics or teaching young people or mentoring or publishing other people or building zines, whatever they're doing, where they see like that aspect of being an artist in the world and an artist in community as fundamental to who they are. Um, There, as far as we know, had never been a place for them to like convene and talk about that work Mm -hmm. specifically. And so for the second year in a row, we built this incubator, which is basically like a designated time for those folks to come together and just talk through like... How do you have processes of reconciliation when somebody in your community has been harmed? What does it look like to be a good mentor? Um, How do you use genderqueer language in your organizing? Like all these things that are sort of problems or issues of our practice, them coming together and working on that. And that was really dope. They came from Anaheim, California and Houston, Texas and Mm. Atlanta, Georgia and Baltimore and all these different places and came together and worked and hung out with us for the week. And um, and then we threw this really big party, which is the Chicago Poetry Block Party. And the idea behind that event is basically um – providing an opportunity for people to engage with poetry, to write poetry, to witness, consume, read, talk about, celebrate poetry in a venue that is open to everybody and is explicitly trying to be affirming and welcoming to everybody and is diverse, um, especially in terms of like experience level with poetry Mm -hmm. and it's free and fun and like that you can bring your grandma to and you can bring like your baby niece or nephew to, and that you could sit outside and enjoy being in Chicago in the summer. And so, um, Last year was the first year we did the event. And anytime you do something for the first time, you're basically just like, I hope it doesn't explode. Like I just like and both of y'all were instrumental, you know, on the production side and the hosting side. And I also feel like the first time you throw an event, everybody who does it, it's such an act of love and a leap of faith because you're going to someone. You're like, hey, I have no evidence to show you. This is something that doesn't (laughs) exist. I have no evidence to show you that this will be good like I don't know how many people Mm -hmm. are coming like I there are basic fundamental questions that I can't answer for you come through right like (laughs) and work with me and it's also one of those times when the thing that y'all celebrate on the show every week which is like the fellowship and the trust and the relationships among Chicago artists really becomes like the proof in the pudding because it means I could be like Damon will you come host my event Rick will you come perform or this year it was like Akenya will I mean this year we had more like evidence
0: that it was going to be dope Mm -hmm. but um Nobody asked me to send them a thing. Like no I, one was like, "Show me, yeah. yeah." Nobody's like, "I want to see the the press." Right? Show me the year. show yeah. me
2: the numbers. Show me the metrics that it wasn't like a failure or yeah. something. And so um, yeah, it was really dope and really beautiful. And um, there were a couple like you know just moments where you're like, "Oh, this is why this is why I do this," you know. Um, well, is yeah. there one that sticks in your mind? Um, I think for me. I, so we had uh, the young people of Yodel um, which is a youth arts program in Pilsen. They have a pop up radio station. Yeah, that was the
0: coolest thing. It was in the world. so
2: cool. And so I, they interviewed me on their pop up radio show. <laughs> and they were like, no shade to y'all. But they were like, it was like one of the best interviews I've ever done. Hmm. What and can we learn from them? What do they, do than us? <laughs> they just asked younger. like, no, I mean, they just asked like extremely clear. So they didn't know anything about me. And mm-hmm. because of that, they asked me like extremely clear, uh, straightforward questions. So awesome. they were like, what do you do? do that's great and then they like listened really hard and then they had you know so they were really good interviewers um but i read a poem um a poem that i'm gonna read here later and um and one of them was like she just started staring off into space and then she was supposed to ask me the next question (laughs) and her friend like looked at her and she was like i'm sorry i was inside the poem like i got lost in the poem and then she had to like collect herself and come back (laughs) and um you know i i have this like adamant belief that poetry is really something that is for everybody. And that is for all people. And like, that is my, I believe it so firmly in the face of a world that is always talking about it as this very elite thing. Mm. And I often find that it's the people in the most elite spaces that are doing that. Like they have a lot of presumptions about, what quote unquote regular people will and won't read or will and won't engage with. Mm-hmm. And I continue to be so affirmed by the fact that like, I just don't really believe in like high versus low art. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't believe in like simple versus complex art. I believe that if you make the art that is true in the world in which you live, that people of all backgrounds, um, obviously differently at different levels, but yeah. people, people of all backgrounds will rock with you. And so that moment where this young person that I had never met before was like, Oh, Oh, sorry I was just into it you know I was like yes that's that's how poems are right and um so that was really that was really special to me Uh, it was really it was a great day
1: I'm I'm sitting here um I'm still intrigued by the incubator yeah um and and the the questions that you kind of uh articulated y'all went into that process with coming out of that were there any new answers or new ideas whether they be macro or micro towards those very like complex issues y'all were tackling that you felt like, even if it wasn't like, Oh, here's the answer. Yeah. But this is just a new point that I'm at or a new, new place. Yeah,
2: for sure. It. So, so we had these two faculty and one faculty member last year, our faculty were Ross Gay and Patricia Smith. And this year it was Luis Rodriguez and Natalie Diaz. And all of those are poets that are like very famous poets. <laughs> like they are like highly acclaimed award-winning poets, but we chose them because they reflect these ideals of like community engagement And something Natalie kept driving home, she gave a talk, and during her talk, she kept being like, we need to build the institutions that we want to see. Mm -hmm. And she just kept looking around the room, and like, this is not something that we have said, oh, this is for people of color, or this is for queer people, or whatever, but that's who. That's who shows up, right? Is like mm. primarily people of color, lots of queer folks, people from that are like geographically diverse, you know, diverse from different disability communities, from different gender communities, like all these different things. And she was just looking around the room. I think as like she's like a native Latina queer woman poet, and she w- who who speaks in a lot of big rooms. And she yeah. she was just like, I'm never in a room with y'all, right? Mm. And I think. She was looking and being like, oh, someone built a room, someone built the table for Mm -hmm. us all to be here, and it can be done. And we are able to accomplish so much. And I think that I think a lot about like markers of prestige and what kinds of things make people listen to you or not, or make people feel like your voice matters or not, or what kinds of things become markers for people to invite you into a room. And I'm just a big believer that um, right now I'm really focused on trying to build institutions that reflect my values and the values Hmm. of the people that I love rather than being overly fixated on like trying to create more quote unquote diversity
0: in institutions that I think are oppressive. Um, It's interesting. So we have have this shared mentor uh, from our college who was like a quote diversity trainer for like 30 years. And I was on the phone with her a couple months ago. She was just like, yeah, diversity is dead. <laughs> like, don't talk that word to me. Yeah. Um, just because, like, it doesn't, one, it, d- it doesn't mean what it used to, Two, it doesn't mean anything. And three, like, that's just not, we just, it just, it all needs to adjust and adapt to yeah. the moment that we're in.
2: Well, we need a framework that accounts for power, right? right? And so the issue with diversity as a term is that it levels a playing field so that people can co-opt it to talk about things like political diversity or right. ideological diversity and have the audacity to say things like, you know, well this isn't a diverse room if we don't have like a bunch of white male libertarians on right. the board or something right. So I guess
0: <laughs> I think we're missing a whole bunch of libertarians. Right? That's what like, we really But need that on is on the the, show. but
2: that quite seriously is how some people have come to right. talk about the term. And so anyway, I'm kind of giving a meandering answer to your That's question, cool. but I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm thinking about um what it means. So the poetry world has like a lot of awards and like retreats and selective things and that you fellowships have. And fellowships. And, and things that you have to apply for and write a cover letter for. And we came up with this thing where one, the like the second question is like, what is the work you are most proud of? And to build a room where people have to apply for something and get selected for it, but it gets to be about, the thing that for many of them is like the side hustle or the thing that they yeah. don't get to talk about, but is actually the most important thing mm-hmm. to them. So, to have a poet, you know, like Kundwani Fidel from Baltimore, who's like, I'm just trying to get poetry to get people in my community to like read books. And I'm just really passionate about like literacy and access to books. And there's not a, in a, 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 a space that is considered prestigious or high status that honors that kind of work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so, just trying to think about like, Think about yourself and like the work that you're most proud of and that you most love and how hard it would be right now to find an award or a grant Hmm. or something like that that actually matched it. So what we end up doing is kind of contorting ourselves a little bit to try to get the material support that we need for our work. Um, but in a way that doesn't reify the things about the work right. that we actually care about. You right. know?
0: So whether it's external or even internal, like you start kind of reshaping or re- yeah. re-describing or reimagining that thing to fit this to other To fit standards. something
2: else. And in the, in the nonprofit world, we call that like mission creep, right? And I think <laughs> that as as individuals, we are subject to that as well. And, um, so I'm just trying to think about like what it means to build spaces where the folks I care about can come out and showcase their best work and do the rigorous work of then like trying to learn and fix it and improve and get better and share in community that is supposed to be the purpose of things like fellowships, but that oftentimes we miss out on. Yeah. That's not a, that's not as succinct an answer as I would have hoped for, but I'm going to keep thinking about it. That's
0: fine. Um, what would be your answer to that second question on the questionnaire? Ooh. What's the work I'm most proud of right now? Or something you're most proud of. Good job. Of, yeah. Good job. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um,
2: you know, I am so blessed that I I am at a space in my life right and now. And highly favored. I <laughs> highly favored. I, in all seriousness, am at a space right now where I am pretty much exclusively doing things that I really love to do. mm, mm and um congratulations thank you, yeah, that's, <laughs> thank like you. A, that's like
1: the greatest thank accomplishment you yeah. i mean
2: part of it of is that and i'm not like you i'm like well fed right like you see you're like yeah you look you've been eating you know um <laughs>
0: Ooh, uh, uh, but, <laughs> that would have been an odd way for us to introduce yeah, ourselves when you good. Good. That's you actually eat, like,
2: you look like you've been eating real good. Yeah, that's one
1: of the like creepiest like like flirting moves. Like some niggas been saying for a long time. Like, damn, girl, you look like you look like you, you had been, a meal recently. <laughs> you look healthy. You look like you've been you, eating right. <laughs> oh man,
2: the creepiest. At one time, a dude at Family Dollar. Ooh, let's,
1: let's have a list. <laughs> this oh. <is> a very, <laughs> it's
2: a long list. It's a long list. I'm not going to tell you the whole list, but a dude at Family Dollar. The Family Dollar. It was on 63rd and Cottage. He, um, I. It was hot. It was a hot day, and I had my hair. Down, and he was behind me in the line, and he was like, I bet that hair keeping your neck real cool. <laughs> that hair like, keep your neck no. real cool, ain't it? No, actually I was inaccurate. like, No, right? But of course, I was like, Yeah, you know.
1: Well, you the greatest
2: it. indignity of my daily life is having to <laughs> laugh at things cool. that men say to me that are actually, like, incredibly stupid, but yeah. I'm just like, ha-ha!
1: Yeah. That's the best way to it. You got it, it!
2: Yeah, yeah, like, where's the, you know, I'm like, just a family dollar, bro. Um, wow, that, that really
1: home. That's yeah, beautiful. sorry. Yeah. No, no it's like,
2: all the time I have to laugh at <laughs> things that
1: are... It's the thing, because, like, I don't know. I haven't... You get... I get some, like, glimpses into the psychology of yeah. it. Yeah. So it's really just, like, trying to find... The most minute detail. that like, I bet you no one else has talked about. Uh, right,
2: he was sitting there like pondering, like, what can I say? Tattoos, no, nah, that's too
0: easy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right, right. That
2: it neck, was neck. I bet you that. Right, that neck is real <laughs> cool. Real I was like, I'm going to make
0: a text to life connection. <laughs> She's got long hair and it's hot. Right, those right.
2: I was like, that's not. Ow, hair works.
0: Um, <laughs> but I want to jump back to. what oh, you yeah, said. yeah. yeah. Right, just about that. But I just
2: want to talk yeah. about horrible things men say to me on the street, Daniel. You, no, no, I'm just kidding. One more, one no, more. No, we'll no, come no, back to it's fine. Day. It gets it turns it turns negative too quickly,
0: so mm-hmm. we won't go down that road. Um, just, a, just a touch, but. <laughs> but um. But to that question, though, of like you feeling like right now you're doing these things pretty much across the board that bring you joy, yeah. or that are what you want to be making. One that's wonderful, and two, as someone who. I, I don't quite understand the way that your drive works, but I can see this drive whether it's like ideological or to just accomplish goals or at what point do you start looking toward like the next thing? How do you think about those goals? Are you able to sit in this moment and be like, Wow, this is wonderful that my days are filled with beautiful things And I feel like
1: this is an appropriate addition to that. Is there synergy in all of those things? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
2: I think I'm doing all one thing actually. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for asking that. I mean, So I think that like, well, one thing I should say as an addendum to the fact that I'm doing things I like, I do, I will confess, I like a lot of things. (laughs) I I like, I enjoy so many things and I enjoy a lot of things. I like so many things and I like a lot of things that other people don't like. (laughs) And so sometimes I'm like, man, I'm going to go to Harold Washington and like write down all these numbers out of this book and like this is great okay we talked about this last night yeah time with the, yeah, the yeah. Yeah, so, yeah there's all these yeah like so or like I'm gonna make this spreadsheet about like how many people ran for the local school council last year <laughs> right and so I like stuff like that and part of it is because I there's I like to kind of like dig and be nosy and there's so many there's so many like secret trash things happening in Chicago all the time that right. there's always like I'm always kind of like a kid detective, like mm. digging around, like looking for clues. And um, there's always just like shady stuff where I'm like, what? This <laughs> is amazing. I have to further investigate.
0: So, Have you found a fun one? Because so, the last time we were talking about the Chicago housing stuff. I mean, so some of them here. I
2: can't. I don't want to say publicly. Um,
0: we haven't got all the evidence yet.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, no. That's I'll, fine. When my book, when my next book comes out, okay. we'll talk about it. All right. It. One book <laughs> at a time. I understand. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So but the thing is, so to your question about like, uh, how do I think about these things? And is there synergy? I think of myself, I came upon this idea recently, and I'm so grateful that I did because it's going to help me out a lot, is that I'm really engaged in like a broader project of world building. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. um, and I think that the project of world building is um, simultaneously like ideological, artistic, and practical, right? So like the block party is like practical world building where I'm like, I want to go sit outside and see poetry outside and I want there to be tacos. Like in the same way, and I have models for that because I live in Chicago, right? So I'm like Blues Fest. Every year people go to Blues Fest. Some of them are like hardcore blues fans. Some of them just want to be outside and like drink pop in the grass. (laughs) That is my audience for the poetry. Like that is the stature that I want poetry to have in our city. I want it to be like, Hardcore poetry fans like I go to the block party every year, and I want people that are just like I just came because the ice cream truck was <laughs> present, right? And like that is my dream is for is for poetry to have that stature um, in our city and in our society. And then some of it is artistic. So the Electric Arch is the book that's that's coming out now is very much like artistic world building and like imaginative world building. And then some of it is ideological. So it's partially me saying like, this is the way I believe the city should work. And I'm engaged in the project of like trying to find information and think about models for the city to Hmm. actually work that way. So I, I think of this as like all one big project. Um, But really the way I work is that um, I just have a lot of ideas and a lot of them are bad. Um, (laughs) But like, I'm, I think if I have any kind of skill, it's at like, tracking and thinking through and following through Mm -hmm. uh, the logical premise of those ideas. And I also just like basic, not, not sexy stuff like i use like a whiteboard and i use a lot of apps and i like yeah. write everything down in a notebook and shout i out
1: whiteboard. shout out to
2: whiteboards yeah whiteboards are the bomb when i was in college Give me a whiteboard if you like me. no bro for real like in college um two of my best friends were like math and physics majors oh, and they man. used to sit down and they had a huge whiteboard in the dorm room and they would sit there and be writing on it and i was like i want
0: that. right <laughs> this could work for other this could
2: work and so i have a whiteboard in my office that i use and um and so some of it is just like that kind of practical stuff of following through. But I also just um, I pay attention a lot. And I think that that is something that also comes from being a poet and being mm-hmm. a writer. So to give you an example, um, something I've been obsessed with a little bit this summer is um, like having the lack of safe, free activities for kids to do in In the summer, Um, and it's because I've just seen a lot of children in a lot of unsafe situations, Hmm. um, especially children who are experiencing homelessness. And thinking about how, um, you know, in theory, all they they fail often at implementation for this. Like, if you're homeless in Chicago, CPS is a huge service provider because, like, you know that your child is going to be here from X time to this time. We'll have meals. They will have meals during that time. They will be inside. They will be safe. They will get a bus card if 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 the schools are doing what they're supposed to be doing. And um, oftentimes the schools are also pitching in to make sure they have like clothes, mm-hmm. f- stuff like that.
1: After school, programs, after
2: school programs, yeah. stuff like that. If you're in the summer and I, I've just seen a lot of homeless folks with their children with them this summer. And just thinking about how hmm. like, there's not a place for you to – if your way of making money is – if you need to go be at the shelter at a certain time and sign up to make sure you get a spot for the night or if you need to be panhandling or if you need to go do a job application or whatever you need to be doing as a person experiencing homelessness, um, it's hard to do that with your kid there, right? And and there's just like a lot with that. And so um, I've just been thinking about like summer activities for kids and my new obsession is like summer camp. And um, I've been thinking a lot about, like, what would it look like for me to say every kid in Chicago should be in free camp all summer by 2025? And, like, how would we do that? And what would Mm. that look like? And what are all the things that come with that logistically? Um, And that doesn't solve – it's like harm reduction, right? It doesn't solve the underlying things. But if every kid in Chicago could be in a place safe – inside, fed, doing a developmentally appropriate engaging activity with other kids right. throughout the, like, working hours of the day, that would, I think that that would solve a lot of, that would be really good for yeah. a lot of reasons, With right? camp
0: counselors who are also, like, right. in that neighborhood, you know. Exactly, right. Room. It's, like,
2: a job creation thing. Wow. So I've just been thinking about that. And and the thing that, like, pushed me over to that. It's the,
0: crazy we have to think of that, though.
2: Right, <laughs>
1: like, right. You know?
2: But like, that's my thing. I'm just, yeah. like, become obsessed with these things. And, and it came, it started being in my head because um, I went and gave a talk at a, at a like social service agency advocacy, like national group. And it was all these people that work on policies for children living in poverty from age mm. zero to five. And I, and these, all these people, this is what they do all day. And I gave them this talk and I walked out the door to like get on the, the bus and go home. And there was a child with his mother sitting in the doorway of a building. And the mother was, you know, panhandling. And the child was, um, he had like coloring book and he was like, sitting there by himself doing this coloring book right all day and then like that really upset me and then i was on a train another time and a man got on the train and he had a feeding tube um and he got down on his knees and was like will someone please give me some money i need i need help and there were two black people on the train me and this other dude and we both gave him money and then um And I also, I had, he was holding like a albuterol inhaler, which is also the kind of inhaler. I have asthma and I Mm -hmm. carry one. And I was like, you can have, I can get another inhaler, right? So I gave him my inhaler and some money. And his son was with him and he had Down syndrome, right? Mm -hmm. And he's like, I'm just trying to do something with me and my son. So that, then I was really upset again. And then the third time, uh, I talked about this on Twitter. I was in Target and I was about to get on the escalator and there was a little girl who was like maybe six or seven and she was standing at the bottom of the escalator and she was visibly shaking like she was so scared to get on the escalator and her brothers were there and they were going up the escalator they had left her and they were like come on come on come get on the escalator and she wasn't speaking and she was just staying there shaking Mm -hmm. and i looked down at her i was like are you are you scared sweetie are you okay and without saying anything to me she grabbed my hand and she jumped on the escalator and pulled me on with her she was like ah and just took my hand and like jumped and so we stood there on the escalator and she was hanging on to me for dear life and like shaking and I was like it's okay you know we're okay it's okay hold on to the hand you know use your other hand hold Mm -hmm. on to the handrail so she like grabbed the handrail And um, Like broke
0: all the way through to the bottom. (laughs) Yeah, right. She
2: was just like petrified. And so we get to the top and she like runs off. And then I watched them. I wasn't, you know, I often go to Target for extended periods of time. (laughs) So while I was in Target, they were basically just like running around the store. Like Mm -hmm. they had nothing else to be doing, you know. And thankfully the the employees, whatever, were leaving them alone. Mm -hmm. Like they weren't. And then later on I saw her coming up the escalator again and I was like, you did it. And she goes, I did it by myself, right? <laughs> oh. And I was like, yeah, you did. <laughs> and then later on when I left, I saw the children walking down the street and they were carrying buckets and sticks and they were going to go mm-hmm. drum, right? And these were not, like, I'm a big fan of Bucket Boys as, like, a skill. Like, these were, like, little kids, mm-hmm. right? Like, they're not, like, it wasn't That's safe. something I've
1: noticed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, like, longer. all those little
2: little kids, yeah. right? And it's not something where it's, like, like this is not safe. It is not safe for them to be sitting next to the highway. Right. right. It is not and I'm a big believer in like celebrating that art, but mm-hmm. I'm like, nah, like right. little eight year olds should not be sitting out here next to ninety ninety four. In so drop- many ways. Right. Too.
0: Like just so many levels. Yeah, everything. No, really, <laughs> yeah, very seriously.
2: Yeah. I um, I go to the. I have severe allergies, and I go to the allergy doctor every other week.
0: And I'm always in there. What is yeah, the, the allergy? Name? Shout out to, to the call. allergy doctor. the,
2: uh, the allergist. Okay. I go to the allergist, and because I get that's shots. My, uh, I get that's allergy my producer shots. name. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like the alchemist. <laughs>
2: yeah, I get I get allergy shots, and um, and I'm always in there with like a bunch of like black and Latino kids, aged like five to ten. It's just us. Like, just me and them, like, sitting, <laughs> just sitting there, and, like, it just makes me sad. Like, you know, anyway, yeah. so 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 that was the final straw. Like, the third time that I just saw kids just, like, out yes. doing stuff in the mm-hmm. middle of the day, I got in my car, and I was like, I'm sick of this, right? Yeah. I was like, y'all know I don't cuss on the in public, but I said, I'm sick of this situation, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like bump this, you know? I was just mad in my car I just yelling. Like, I feel
0: like I'm watching a movie on like TV. <laughs> you
2: are, right. Where uh, Samuel L. Jackson is like, you a bad motor scooter. right.
0: <laughs> You're right. right.
2: This, is this, abs- this is absurd. This is nonsense. This is right.
0: rubber ducking play. <laughs> right, exactly.
2: That's what I said. I was like, this is some rubber ducky, you know? And so, so I just get, anyway, I just get mad at stuff yeah. and then I just start thinking I'm like, okay, well, what would this actually look like? Mm-hmm. And, um, who do I need to work with, and what is? And I guess the other thing—I'm sorry—it's now very no, long-winded. No, this is what we're here for. Yeah. This is what we um, do. <laughs> I am not someone who is really into being the saving person yeah. by myself, and so I, I also feel like mm, I know what my skills are. And I know a lot of people that have a lot of other skills, and I'm really into being, like, I'm not going to – first I was like, I'm going to start a camp. It's going to be Bucket Boy <laughs> camp, right? We're going to have Bucket Boy camp. It's a music camp. Everybody comes. And then I'm like, no, that is, like, a terribly inefficient solution, right? There are already existing service providers right. in the city that are taking my taxpayer dollars and my right, to, to do this work. And so what does it look like to, like, do an asset map of, like, What are the seats that are, you know, and how, how can we raise money to put kids in those spots rather than, so anyway, I'm not a person that's like, I need to be the one out front, like, you know, viewing children's own, like (laughs) trying to do with my bucket boy camp, (laughs) right? Like, um, I just am trying to think about how to be a connector and how to make space for other people to think differently about the work that they do. And, um, and, uh, yeah. And I just like, I really believe in like the sanctity of children, especially, um, Mm. And like and that they should that they should be safe, that they should be safe and okay, and to be able to do fun things that are, you know, that are good for them and good for their bodies and their minds. Um, In the same way, we're talking about how like Black Lives Matter means all black lives. Right. Mm -hmm. And that like we're not willing to throw black women. We're not willing to throw trans people. We're not willing to throw queer people under the bus in order to have like a flat vision of a liberation that is only about like cis black men Um, cis straight black men, for me, I think of children as integral to our vision of, uh, to my personal vision of liberation. And I think that like, for me, freedom includes freedom for children and like safety for children. Mm -hmm. And um, while recognizing when we talk about safe spaces for adults and stuff like that, we can be like, well, there's no such thing as a truly safe space. And that is very true. I just think that with the, with our babies, the stakes are just so, so, so high. And a lot of times I just am trying to think about like, to me, that is a non-negotiable, right? Mm -hmm. And to me, something is not worth doing if it is being done in a way that, is endangering kids but it's also a complicated question in a context in which children are already in danger right Right. and i think that it's complicated i think the same thing is true of schools right i'm a person that really believes in schools i also see understand that schools are like a a major engine of oppression for a lot of children in their lives so um i think it's complicated And like i said I, i think that like you know we don't have to get all into it but i think more broadly more affirmatively rather than critiquing. I want (laughs) to say affirmatively that, like, I think is really important to center children and their rights and uh, in in any conversation about what our liberation looks like. And that I also worry that schools and conversations about education in a a lot of conversations about black liberation, um, that we are not great at talking about schools and kids or that mm. it becomes like an afterthought in a way that um, that I just want to push against a little bit and um, what do you think what do you yeah. feel like
0: is missing from that conversation
2: you know I'm hesitant to say it because I'm not I don't want to like indict anybody mm-hmm. or say and I'm not trying to make an absolute claim like people never talk about this and no one ever says this Right. so what
0: do you want to br- what would you like to bring yeah. to it? let's put it that
2: way um, one thing is the idea of like child development and the fact that like Children's brains are growing,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and that part of what it looks like to have like a society that's free for Black people is a society in which Black children are free to learn, grow, and explore, and be celebrated and uplifted, and at all times. And um, that sometimes what children need to experience that is different than what adults need in Mm. that space. And that sometimes the needs of adults can very easily supersede the needs of children because children often can't speak up for themselves depending on how old they are. Right. And like for all these reasons and because they are, um, physically small and socially small, right? Like people don't ask their opinions. People don't ask their thoughts and their
0: beliefs. Um, there's a great John but bit where he's talking about how he, when he was a kid, he always wished, like on a, you'd be taking a multiple choice test, yeah, and he wished that there was an answer that was just, I don't know, I know you told me, yeah, I just don't remember. <laughs> I'm very small and I have no money, so you yeah. can imagine the stress. of am right,
2: right. No, seriously, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, like I said, I I'm less interested in like mounting critiques against other people and more interested yeah. in try, trying to have an affirmative vision. But I think I just would like to continue to do that work of thinking like what does freedom look like for the children of this city yeah. and um and also as subjects and agents and not just as like recipients right so like what is their vision of the city and and what role can they play in enacting that vision um it's something that Yeah, pays, this, is yeah. Like seri- this is like a very serious this is like what this is not especially no, fun for me to talk about but
0: okay well, we can go a, a different a different route um yeah
2: let you have questions?
0: <laughs> no, it's cool. Let me just think for a second yeah. about, about no, it. No, this is very serious. I don't know. But it's something mm. – I mean, I just know that this is like the stuff that like in your marrow is Yeah. Really, really important I just to you. I yeah, and
2: I don't really know why. I just uh I just love I love kids and I um think I think that they are um The future? No, I'm kidding. No, I think they're the present. <laughs> the present yeah. I think they're the present. And I think they're the past. Like I also feel, you know, I'm a little bit woo woo, you know. I just think that like <laughs> I mean, my mother something my mother always says, you know, as I get older I increasingly believe all the things that my mother always said that Funny I call like, my eyes though. out. Yeah. Yeah. Um my mother always says that, like, babies are like elders, right, that they have, like, wise spirits that mm-hmm. have returned to us from our ancestors and from our past and that, that they know things that other people can't understand.
0: Um, and the same wrinkles often.
2: Yeah, right. They Sometimes they look like – I mean, you know. So um, – so I think that like, I don't know, I'm just going to say little kids say things all the time that are like incredibly wise mm. and deep and um, wherever it is that they may get that from. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. And they're often better to us. Like
2: kinder. They're better yeah. to us than we deserve, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes but, they be saying stuff. They'd be like, you blah, blah, blah. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, they are better to us. Or tell me, what do you mean by that? Anyone-
1: uh, I just think, I think if I was in a room of people age 6 to 16 i would probably get better just like energetic and yeah. verbal responses yeah in a room of people older than that yeah and just like in every way like,
2: yeah for sure yeah
1: or just like uh, hugs you know what i'm saying just like hugs. <laughs> like real like yeah just, just eye contact yeah. sometimes
0: or just like connection. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: and it's just I mean, part of the reason why I said my last week was hard, part of it is cuz I was watching my niece for 3 days, mm. which was like um she um uh is just really a good person. And it's weird cuz she's 4 and it's clear. Like I don't just mean she's nice or she's cute or whatever, but she has like a good heart. Yeah. You know, she's mm-hmm. like a deeply good-hearted person. Um but it's also like You know, it's just weird when a person is, like, entirely dependent on you for, like, their life and subsistence and stuff.
1: Mm -hmm. Anyway. Without going into specifics or details. Yeah. You know, I think that is a... we're going to have fun, guys. (laughs) (laughs) We are doing so much laughing We we stopped stopped being funny a
3: long time (laughs) ago on
1: this show. But, 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 But specifically, like, you know, there are things like, oh, I want bucket boy camps for all of the Right, bucket boy the camps city. for all
2: the babies. And then
1: you have, like, a, your own baby in your yeah, life. So, yeah. like, it's, you know, when I see that, it's, like, the the perfect meat of, like, your external passion and then, like, your inward humanity. Thank what you. What does that teach you about how you then interact with the, with the outer world that, like, your scholarship or your study or just your passions wouldn't have wouldn't. led you to? Yeah,
2: yeah I think that... Um, I think a lot of those lessons I started learning as a teacher and Mm -hmm. I think that like a lot of my students So I taught sixth seventh and eighth grade in CPS and well my first my first job in CPS I was a assistant in a first grade classroom and then my, and then I was an assistant in a second grade classroom then I worked at Sue Duncan's Children's Center which is Arnie Duncan's mother running a children's center <laughs> on the south side and then I then I when I became a teacher with my own classroom I was working sixth seventh, and eighth grade and what that means is that you're catching people and I don't remember if we talked about this last time I was on the show but you're catching people at this crossroads of their life mm-hmm. where they are very much children, but also like incredibly brilliant and able to, and really insightful. And got real opinions. And have real hardcore <laughs> opinions, right? Mm-hmm. That are like often very ideologically pure, right? Where they're just like, this is right and this is wrong. Yeah. And they have like really thoughtful, critical questions about things. And they're extremely honest about their feelings. Like when they're mad, they walk in and they're like, Screaming, and when they're sad, they walk in and they're like weeping, right? And when they're happy, they're like jumping for joy. And so, I love that age. Um, but it what it means now is that, um, so I left the classroom in 2011. So, some of those students who I saw, I was like, These are my babies, right? They used to be like, Happy Mother's Day, Miss E, because you're <laughs> we like our oh, mom, you know, these are my babies. And, um, some of them, um, some of them are in Cook County. Some of them are in college, right? Some of them, um, have children of their own Mm. some of them work retail jobs like they just have they have the whole gamut of lives that are possible for people for young black people in the city to have and I see them all the time right like Hmm. I I see them constantly they work at the movie theater. like hi Miss Ealing right (laughs) and you know and I saw a student and I I saw he works at a store I won't name the store but I went to his co-workers I was like is he working hard does he do and they were like no (laughs) he don't you know And and then he was like don't tell her right he was like embarrassed
0: you're and like then, gonna give him a bag yeah i'm gonna
2: call his mom and then um you know and i i went to another <laughs> this est- is
0: miss ewing we right a yeah. report.
2: and like i went to another establishment right and i saw a student <laughs> who was like you know popeye's, popeyes organization, organization. I, the thing I, heard. Uh, I went to another establishment and i saw another student he was like yeah i'm going to college in the fall like and i need help fundraising and i you know and so it's it's like um, I get to s- at all in all of their lives. I I had and still had these beliefs of infinite promise for them, mm. and then I get to see as they age like the different ways that that plays out in because life is hard and imperfect, and that is like a very sobering reminder for me. And I, I had a parent say to me once, like um, she sent me an email and she was like, "Thank you for helping me raise my son," mm. and. You know, I was very young. I was, like, 23, 24 years old. And um, that was just really sobering for me where I was just, like, this is a parent who is relying on me as another adult figure. And that also... The academic part of me wants to say, like, that has to do with, like, black people and fictive kinship and, like, the nature of ex- our extended communities and stuff like that, right? Where, like, other mothering is like, there's actually an academic term for it. Like, other mothering is a process yeah. that black women often engage in. And yeah. so... Um, All of which is to say that I have all these people that I, like, really love and believe in that are running around trying to live life and survive in a horrible city that is, like, beautiful and ugly at the same time. And for me, those stakes are just very high. And so I'm always thinking about, like, their actual lives and what it would look Mm. like for them to be able to live the way they want to live and be free. Um, And then when it's your own blood, though— Yeah, it's just different because you just look at this person, especially my niece looks a lot like me, (laughs) which is really funny. I always say, like, I have accomplished this amazing thing, which is that I have this person that looks like me that I, like, didn't Didn't have have anything to do with, right? Um, But, like, you know, just look at her and it's like she is in any given moment, she's 100 percent, like, dependent on me to figure out how she's going to get her next meal, right? Like if she's going to get hit by a car, like all these things that I I have to protect her and take care of her. And I think that it just, um, it just, but I, but I think that like all we have to have that kind of collective responsibility for all of our children. Mm. And that I think about, it's a lot of pressure. And I think also like really problematic to be like, these are all my children. Like they're not, they're other people's children. Mm -hmm. And those other people have like, you know a right to raise them and nurture them and be primary in their lives so it's not about self aggrandizement but i do feel responsibility for them um in a broad sense in the same way that i think like all of us should feel responsibility for them um and i think sometimes that ends up being construed in these kind of messed up economic arguments like you know like well if they don't have a job that's like lost revenue for the city or like right. you know things like that um but i don't mean it that way i just think people should like love babies because it's the right thing to do right, right? and cuz they they need us, you yeah.
0: know? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. You're talking about the, the, the kind of like longitudinal, like watching these folks and them kind of intersecting, them intersecting in and out of your life. Um, and I'm thinking about that in relationship to like when they were in sixth grade, you kind of imagining what their futures could be. Yeah. Um, and then I'm thinking about it. I've been reading, you sent us advanced copies of the new book, which yeah. has been really, really, really Thanks. fun. Uh, and one of the things that I love about it is you have kind of the series throughout these retellings where it starts out typed with these like interactions or kind of experiences in your life and then about halfway through it cuts to a handwritten kind of retelling and reimagining of how that goes down whether that's an interaction with a racist with a white woman screaming racist things at you or yeah. a cop or whatever it is um that kind of like we've talked about kind of the reimagining of what our city can look like and people's mm-hmm. lives can look like but when you're doing that just whether it's on the page or just in your life like Are you constantly being like this interaction could be a different thing? How can I rethink this or, like, where does, where does that point of reimagining exist, kind of day to day for you? Thanks. I mean, I um,
2: those poems. uh, You're the first. They're they're really important to me, and you're the first person to ask me about them in an interview. So thanks. I um, so. Hold on one second. Oh yeah. There you go. So, those poems came from when I was a child. I would have um, really bad dreams. And when I woke up from a bad dream, my mom would tell me to tell her the dream. And then she would be like, okay, so then what happened? Like, let's come up with a better ending, oh. right? And so, shout um,
3: out to moms. Moms.
1: super shout out to moms. On that <laughs>
2: yeah, one. it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, so she, so. It would be like Whoa, some absurd. That's the best
1: writing workshop. <laughs> is that great? So
2: I would wake up and I'd be like, you know, a dinosaur was tracing me down the street trying to, except I grew up in Chicago, so I'd be like, a dinosaur was trying to shoot me. You know, <laughs> like, like, I had With these the like arms. morbid, yeah, <laughs> like I had these like really morbid, like violent, like I, I mean, this is to go back to your previous question. I mean, one thing is that I experienced a lot of like anxiety and I experienced a lot of anxiety as a child that I think came from living in, amongst violence and that is so normalized for us that like, I think a lot of our kids are just dealing with PTSD and trauma and anxiety that we don't address. Um, Anyway. So I used to have these bad dreams, and uh, my mom would be like, Okay, so then what did you do? You know, and then you turn around and you told the dinosaur, like, Go home, get out of here, you know? <laughs> not the boss of me. And then you like blew up its head or whatever, right? How so,
1: many times yeah. do you think you said you're not the boss of me? I just imagine <laughs> oh, that probably, being oh,
2: like, catchphrase. It's my, it's my, your, your, Catch yeah. it it's my catchphrase. <laughs> um, and so so I I did this with these poems and I took these things, I always say all the poems in the book are true stories but th- they're all true stories those those they're all true stories they haven't all happened yet but those three <laughs> things are things that really have happened yeah. in the past on this plane of existence um and uh, those three like retellings in the book and like you said one of them is one of them was the first time I was called the n-word the second the, and one of them is a time that I saw four very young children being um, detained by the police um and, and, and intervened um And the third intervened but was unable to actually like get to the children or like to get, ensure that they were able to get home safely, and then the third time is another time that I was called the N word by a lady on the street in Harvard Square, <laughs> on my way to on my way to a meeting at Harvard. Uh, <laughs> whenever people were like, "How do you stay humble?" Now that you, are? I'm like, "Well, white people still call me racial slurs on the street, and teenage boys yell at me out of the window of their cars." So you know, I'm not in a place <laughs> like. Not much has changed in my life, to you know, really. Anyway, um, at least
0: you didn't walk in the meeting, and she was just sitting on the other. Which is that's. I feel like that would also has that. Any- Anything like that ever happened where you're like oh, this person? Oh just no! Said something wild, and then now we're like sitting. No, people at
2: Harvard t- t- they say other racist things. They don't. They're not just going <laughs> to yeah, be they out figured here. It out. Yeah,
0: <laughs> some like some they, like 12th century medieval study. Yeah, terrible yeah, yeah. phrase I'm not
2: going to tell you what she said. Well, it's in the poem, I think. But yeah, no, they don't say that stuff at Harvard. That's rude. They say other stuff. <laughs> One time, a lady was like, "I just read." She's like, "I I just read this book about slavery, and I thought of you." <laughs> <laughs> I was like why, why? I'm sure that was why
0: just like... did you think of me she's like well Man. it was inscribed to you
2: <laughs> yeah no stuff like they say stuff like that that is just hilarious that is like so funny and then also because I'm a person that has both self confidence and a great community yeah. I'm just like that is hilarious right and then I'm on the group text like let me tell y'all what this lady just said to me as opposed to being like crying alone in the library yeah. like oh yeah. gosh this is so terrible I hate it here I was just people would say something, I'd be like, This place is bananas.
0: <laughs> I feel like the um, group text has gotten every person I know in this city through any advanced oh, degree yeah. that they've ever gotten. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, group texting only appeared pretty late in the game on my in my advanced
0: degree. Uh, but <laughs> well, it's a good thing you went and got a, a got a doctorate then. Yeah, no, you true. Otherwise
2: I would have missed a chance for yeah. group texting. <laughs> but um anyway, so the poems are like uh an attempt to use that technology that my mother gave me um hmm. to come up with like different Ways that those situations could have ended, um, in ways that engage with like magic or otherworldly solutions, and I think that um, I think that usually in real life I don't feel empowered to do that at all. Mm -hmm. And we all have those situations. We have very few situations where we look back and we're like, I acted exactly, (laughs) like I acted exactly as I would have liked to in that situation. And that's why our forebears did things like do role play at lunch counters, right? So that when you really were in the moment and a racist dude was dumping a pot of coffee over your head, it wasn't the first time that you put yourself in that situation, right? And so, you know, like most of us, oftentimes when you're there, you're just frozen, you feel unsafe, whatever the situation is. And so it's me trying to um, redirect those feelings of like powerlessness or like, I wish I would have said this or I wish... Like when the lady in Harvard Square said that I legit wanted to punch her in the face. And then I was like, I can't punch her. and she was like elderly right and then like I called my mom and I told her I was like I was about to steal I was about to punch her in the face and my mom was like you can't be at Harvard punching people in the face you know like like nobody sent you from Chicago to Harvard to be out here punching elders you're like you
0: told me punch dinosaurs right right,
2: right. and so right so you're just in the moment and so what ends up happening is that like you stand there and a lady right. like yells a racial slur at you and then you go to your meeting because you have to go and you're like dang mm-hmm. like that sucks right yeah. and so it's an attempt to kind of like use the space of the poem to reimagine an alternate
0: version of that. Mm. Um yeah yeah, yeah. I, I think that's I don't I know there's so much more in the book, but those like really stood out to me. One just stylistically on the page. Them. There's nothing like I've never seen anyone do that with the like Text into the handwriting. I'm sure other people I've have.
2: actually never seen anyone do it either. Okay. And I, maybe someone has and I hope someone tells no, me.
0: No, you invented that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. But and it's also one of those things.
1: of the of the episode. Yeah. I invented this. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, to, to bring back Nate Marshall again, Nate has this quote that I say all the time, which is, the greatest thing that a poem or a poet can give is permission. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I was like, oh, why haven't I seen this before? Yeah. Someone else should do this. I hope lots of other people do it. Um Yeah. That's th- what I mean by world building, right? Is like using the space of a poem to imagine something being other than it
0: appears to me. Mm, so it's still within like it's still within that world, but it's a different imagining of how that world plays out.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and they're like, then I flew away, right? Yeah. And a like, paleta. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is my Right, they're like
2: them. things that couldn't happen but maybe have happened, will happen or did happen. Yeah. I mean, the the book is also playing a lot with like time and space being not linear and Things not always appearing. So like like I said, maybe that did happen. Maybe there's somewhere else where that happened. You yeah.
0: know? So I'm gonna ask one more like kind of uh kind of like book press question that you're gonna get a <laughs> whole bunch, but I think maybe we might get to it before other people do. All right. It's not
2: I don't mind answering
0: those questions. <laughs> I know, but there's someone else who will ask it that's, better than me. Nice no, thing. Daniel, believe in yourself. Oh, thanks. That's actually Sorry. all I needed. We're done. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but now looking at the book, not just like what, how does it make you feel to look at this book being done, but like in that way of like imagining different places in the world. Like mm-hmm. where do you hope this book ends up
2: oh that's a great question why were you drawing the question down because I,
0: first i was going to just ask you how does it feel to look at your book and then while i was saying oh, that oh. i thought of the like, other let's, part let's go let's go deeper yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: um i really hope that a lot of young people read the book and i really hope that um a lot of young black people and young women and young people of color and all the intersections of those identities um i really hope that they read the book and i and I wrote it a lot um, with audiences like 12 to 25 mm-hmm. in mind. Um, and I think that like it's a coming of age book in a lot of ways. And I think that, um, you know, I think that it, it – I hope that it speaks to some experiences that young people will understand or that will feel true to them. But I have also found but, – but also that adults – I hope it gives us as adults – I hope it gives a lot of adults permission and a tool to rethink through some of their own experiences growing up that were formative, formative and think about how things could have been and can be otherwise. Um,
1: so, yeah. so with that goal, it's a time travel, book. yeah, with that goal of like <laughs> so cool. wanting to, to engage young people with it, you, you yeah. don't strike. Me as a person who has goals and just hope that they happen, <laughs> you, know, you, you have You're plans right. and you I, implement. So oh, what, cre-
0: what creative... It's not just a yeah. vision board. Yeah.
1: What uh, creative ways do you hope to to like meet young people with this besides like, hey, this is for young people?
2: Yeah. Well, one thing is I've been talking with and a lot of the people that I interact with on the Internet and in real life are teachers. And so... Um, I talking with teachers about like bringing the book into the classroom I'm going on a tour this fall um and I was very intentional about trying to find venues like um partnership venues that include a lot of young people and so in a lot of places I have one venue that's paying for me to come out like a university or something Mm -hmm. and then I just tapped into the extensive like poet organizer Mm -hmm. thing to be like cool so like Minneapolis folks, like who's gonna what? Tell me the place where I, like the equivalent of Young Chicago Authors mm. in Minneapolis or New York or L.A. Like hook it up, right? I'll show up. It's free, right? I'll read. Bring your young people. Like this it's, is like it's exactly cool.
0: what we've been trying to figure out how to yeah. do with the stuff we do. And it, the show. Yeah, yeah. So I know you have some support around. You know, yeah. Side and shout out to Tabia. Yeah. Um, and also Haymarket for sure. Of course. Yeah.
2: Um, but can I say one oh, other yeah, thing sure. about so so I am a little hesitant to say this on air because I haven't announced it yet. But um, the the publisher committed to it, so I think that let's it's going to happen. There we go. Okay. Um, any teacher in America can download a ebook of the book for free. Ooh. Um, Wow. Or that that is what Haymarket has agreed to do with me. So now that I said on the air they can't back out of it. Now they told Annability. me we can do it. They're
1: just so, not going to tell anyone where that, yeah. that Ergo fan base is angry. <laughs> they they, they so, will not be let down.
2: Right. So, so Haymarket <laughs> Press is my is my publisher, and they're amazing, and they agreed to do that. I was like, could we give some like online versions of the book away? So. Any teacher in America will be able to download a free so ebook, cool. and also the ebook is rights free, so it's like you can read it on a Kindle or an iPad or whatever. Mm. Um, so that is something that I hope I hope giving free books to in electronic form to every teacher in the United States will be helpful. <laughs> um, I also am trying to think about partnering with um, some different friends and organizations to build like curricular tools around the book. When I was a teacher, the thing that I loved the most was like like basically ready to go curriculum materials Mm -hmm. because if you're a really good teacher and you really are trying to speak to your class a lot of times the like ready-made lesson plans and stuff are not a good fit for you or they're not doing what you're trying to do like the things that public these textbook companies and stuff come out with so then teachers that care a lot end up putting in a lot of work that is really exhausting to like Mm -hmm. reinvent stuff um for the books that they want to read and build those materials, which is like fun and engaging, but also really exhausting. I at one point had like 170 students. It was really, you know, it's like a lot to do that. So I always appreciated those few times when someone made some materials that are like, yes, these are the questions I would have written, right? And this is the worksheet I would have made. And um, so I want to put some work into that, like curriculum stuff that folks can download. Um, Yeah. And just like being in different places,
0: talking to people. One last weird question. I know we're going to wrap in a sec. Why did you make it a square?
2: Oh, that's. I'm glad you asked that as well. So the cover of the book, the, I wanted to make a book awesome. that is a, a visually interesting item, like in addition to being a book. When Damon I went,
0: just checked whether it's actually a it's square. It's legit a square. <laughs> it a is a square. Rectangle. Um, and you uh, can't just throw, can't just throw, throw around squ- terms out here. can't just throw around the word square. Everything's a square. No loose squares left <laughs> right Hey. Uh, folks. <laughs> folks. You boy, made it an hour oh plus into the episode. You get that, Jim?
2: <laughs> um, so when I was uh, one way that young people choose books is by how they look right like you like you grab a book think about some of your favorite books when you were a kid you're just like you saw this on the cover is that a
1: basketball right no legit right <laughs> slammed like, by
2: Walter <laughs> Dean Myers yeah oh, we're gone yeah
1: we're, this it's book is over it's done
2: it's done, I no idea. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite novels is this book called Generation X by Douglas Copeland who's a Canadian writer and I bought the book at a yard sale when I was 15 <laughs> I didn't know anything about the author or the book or anything but it was this like the book was very visually compelling it had a blue sky on the cover and it was a paperback and it was square. And um, so I, I, it was really important to me that the cover was a book that a young person would see it on a shelf and be like, what is this? Right? Mm. Like I just want, I just want to hold it. I want to look at it. I want to flip through it. I want to see, I want to know more. And so the cover art was very important to me and I'm so happy with it and into it. It's by a black woman artist from Trinidad. Her name is Brianna McCarthy. Um, and, and I also was like, I want a square book because most books aren't square, yeah. and so it just makes the book is going to make it a pain to shelf in the bookstore. <laughs> Hopefully, that just encourages people like put it out on yeah, the front yeah. table or something. I like said,
0: hey, <laughs> marketing <laughs> genius in <laughs> another way.
2: But um, but yeah, I just wanted it to be like interesting to look at and to call out to you to like pick me up, hold me, look at me, open me. So that's why it's a square. It's very intentional. It's not a silly question at all. Cool. So you're very astute. Thanks.
1: So I've just been loving the book. I, I think Thanks. I have one.
2: Ask all the question, questions, y'all. Is this is so, so much conclude? fun. That's okay. Uh, this is like I the, want them, like, you know, like fun questions. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, well, we'll get to the uh, game. This is the is most important thing.
1: Uh-huh. Is this fun? It's
2: okay. Don't have to. <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't so I'm
1: trying to figure out how to put it into question form because this was kind of like you the central idea that I was coming into this conversation with. But it ties into, like, I think it's two of the biggest pullaways I've heard is one, the like, the amazing claim of, like, everything you're doing is things that you enjoy and then your passion for world-building. Uh, but as, like, the world stands now, mm. right, mm-hmm. uh, you move through it with, like, a grace and dexterity that is kind of, like, specific Thank or you, unique. Thank you, Damon. Right? That's so kind. My goodness. <laughs> and, and, and so my, my question is, like, and I'll get some more context, maybe as we're talking about it. I can just it. live yeah.
2: bask in the space of the beautiful kind thing you just said. Thank oh well, you, you know, I'm just going to dwell the here. Club. It's it, my it, new
1: home. But I guess my, my, my question is like that can be <laughs> um, the the image of that can be like somewhat inconsistent with how that actually feels to be living it mm. and. Mm-hmm. You mean I'm not, the image of Dexter. Like when other people see it. Right? Oh, yeah. and so, oh so fam, you of, already of, know. Of anybody that I think we've had on, of any of the people that like I know for real beyond a handshake, I think there is like a reverence or like an admiration. Oh my that, no, for real. Like I'm not I'm not just gassing no, you up. You. I'm trying to like get in get into like some real <laughs> okay, and like I'm, okay. I'm giving you this so like you could go real with it. Okay. I'll um, be real real. That that, that like Eve, the name gets like spoke about with like Reverend that I forget like wait no like I, I know her yeah. like you know what I'm saying right. like I, you get <laughs> talked about as like you know a, a, a hero especially from young black women oh my in gosh, a way thank that that, that comes um, um, around consistently but there has to be some pressure with that and also just hearing that like everything I'm doing are things that I want to do that is a very like exclusive experience mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like community is around like unifying around common experiences mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but if no one mm-hmm. else is experiencing that mm-hmm. can that be somewhat like disconnecting or like isolating in a sense oh, man
2: there's so many things okay well so one thing is is that like on a large level all the work that i do i love my work hmm. i don't always love every minute of actually doing it, right? <laughs> so like it doesn't literally mean like I'm just happy. <laughs> I'm just happy. <laughs> like I, I, I was in my office till 1am this week trying to finish book number two, right? And then like I didn't meet my self-imposed deadline and I felt really bad about myself for hmm. that. And, and that was part of like I, I was tired and feeling down on me, you know, and then trying to push through that to actually then finish the work, right? And, like, that was – those were bad feelings. And then, like, I'm really into running and physical activity and, like, being outside and eating healthy. And so I wasn't doing any of those things, right? I was, like, sitting in a chair for hours in front of my computer in – you know, my office has no windows, right? Yeah, like – and, um, <laughs> we got to put sheesh. a window in, you know, the custodians coming in, like, why are you here? Fam? <laughs> like really late. I'm like, I know, I'm sorry, please. Like, and I'm sorry. My room smells, my office smells like Thai food that I've been, right. So like, <laughs> like, like that is not fun, like <laughs> legit. <laughs> and, but, um, but I, but, it, but the moment of doing those tasks and the work understanding in those moments, I try to step out of myself and say, Why am I in this situation? Why am I in this office until one in the morning? Like, why am I tired? Because I am so, like, phenomenally fortunate that I have a book contract that somebody is waiting for me to finish this book that they are ready to publish about things that I think are really important, which is school closure and Mm -hmm. racism Mm -hmm. and, like, my city, that other people are like, please finish writing it because we want to read it and use it and we're excited about it right. that i have a space an office that i'm able to sit i used to write on the back of napkins while working at rest right like mm-hmm. i i have a designated space that's just for me i have a car with gas in it that's going to take me home after this right i like I have food in my fridge. I have money to buy the takeout food. Like, all those kinds of things. You
0: can do the zoom out even in the midst of that.
2: Yeah. Well, I have to. Otherwise, why would I keep doing it? it sucks. sucks. Right. It's terrible. Yeah. It's not fun at all. I would like to go home and play PlayStation. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, like, I just really wanted to go play. I got a new Final Fantasy. I haven't played it at all. Right? Like, it's not even new. It's from a year ago. It's <laughs> like so a year old Final Fantasy that I haven't. Like, that's what I, I mean, you know when people are like, have you watched Insecure? I've watched three episodes of Insecure. I don't, I don't have, know. right? Like, I wanna sit home and watch Insecure <laughs> right. and go for a run and eat a vegetable. <laughs> yeah. Like and um, and so but the but I love my work. And in the same way that like love doesn't always mean something is easy in the moment, right? right. And we know that from our relationships with yeah. other human beings, yeah. right? Loving my niece means that when she woke up at 130 in the morning and was like, my blanket smells funny. I need a different blanket and I want water. And also, why do we have Siri? Is Siri a person? That I was like, please go that's to a third,
1: sleep. Those are three really big questions.
2: Yeah. I was like, I just, I'm, and I was so tired. Y'all, it was like a lifetime original movie. I was so tired. She woke up in the middle of the night. She wouldn't go back to sleep. And I was so tired and becoming anxious about being tired because I was like I have to wake up in the morning mm-hmm. I have to oh, get work done I have to drive her she has to get to school like, this time Traffic is gonna be bad what am I gonna do I'm gonna have to cancel this right that I was like spiraling into this horrible cycle which then made it harder for me to sleep which then and yeah. she fell asleep and I went in the bathroom and I didn't want to wake her up and I was so upset I went in the bathroom and just was like crying and like into a towel mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like yeah. trying to like quietly cry I was just so stressed and and you're, you're like upset. why
0: does this towel smell funny
2: right <laughs> <You're> right <laughs> You're like so many things, you know, <laughs> and so like that sucked, right? Yeah. And then, and then you just, you know, everybody feels that way, and you wake up in the morning, and then, but, but love, love is what enables us to get through those moments where I'm like, I love you, and I really want you to sleep to be well rested because you're a child, and I need you to like be okay in school tomorrow, right? Yeah. And like, I, I need to love myself right. enough to like find time to eat a vegetable right and like go to Sephora and buy new makeup or mm. whatever I need to do you know and so or like take a bath or like sit on my couch and look at the wall for five minutes okay.
0: without like looking at my phone stuff like that um, and I need to love my city enough to finish this book like, yeah all, it's all I need levels. to love
2: my city and like and so so some of it is that is like being able to when I say I love everything that I'm doing I don't mean that it's like fun in the moment but I mean number one mm. I'm trying to zoom out and see the blessings in it and number Two, I have people in my life that are, like, that are constantly reminding me, like, this is important. Please take care of yourself. I posted this thing on Instagram that I was like, I'm tired. I don't like doing this. It's not fun. And I got so many texts from people that were like, yo, take a break. Like, mm-hmm. are you okay? You got this, right? Like, everything right. from like, chill to like, you'll be okay. Like all the affirmations came and I was just like, wow, I'm so loved, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, so that's part of it. To the point of like things being relatable, I think that first of all, I'm so grateful and odd if anyone is able to look at me and see something or somebody that helps them love themselves a little bit more or feel a little bit better about how incredibly mm-hmm. abysmal the world is. So like- To to hear you say that, you know, young black women invoke my name in a way that inspires, like, awe or reverence is so humbling and such a gift. And I feel um, I don't think that that's ever something that I would or will get used to. Like, I a little bit don't believe you, but I like, you know what I mean? Um,
1: But even like your peers, even. even
2: Well, I if you're my I mean, I am also just like y'all need to don't. Like just remember that you've known me for a long time, right? You know what I yeah. mean, like, like you know, Damon. <laughs> there's no reason for you to be like, no, not you know, like, no, know, like
0: Damon's like, I don't no, think you no, shit, God. man. Whatever. Damon's like you
1: basically, <laughs> no, <laughs> but I even mean, like Christiana is like, like, like a reverence or like, yeah, you know, intimidate, you know and, and y'all go back, yeah. Um, do you? I, I also feel that you. I feel like I see you stepping into that with a little bit more comfort, like oh that, my gosh. that public. I'm that, glad you think so. No, like <laughs> like just like having like a public impact, right? Because like I remember, like kind of opening up the last episode. Yeah, I kind of like jokingly called you a Twitter celebrity, knowing that it would like poking you. You're like, oh no, I don't have. Yeah. But like this year, you're like won the award for like Chicago Twitter or something. <laughs> but like what yeah. what I don't want to just like oh you, you want to something Twitter.
2: crazy? I think when you said that, I probably had like four or five thousand followers, or may- maybe like yeah at that point, probably four or five, Wow! yeah, yeah. now and I have seventy thousand
1: right and and that was what was 73, interesting was watching but you who's candy. not only like not shy away, yeah, but like kind of accept it and like let people know like, hey, I got nominated, and hey, I won in a way yeah. that like I that was so weird, yeah, like. <laughs> But you, but you seem to embrace it or be comfortable with it w- yeah. or, or, or were you not? And you just felt like, or, or what was that moment like? Cause I, that's I, a weird, that's different from like winning for your, for your scholarship. Yeah, that was poetry, weird. Right? Like yeah. was just like,
2: I, you know, I oscillate. As Chicago loves List. Chicago, we love List. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I oscillate sometimes. I'm, I mean, let me put it this way. I can't. I know that I have a large number of Twitter followers. That is something that I cannot... That is an incontrovertible fact, right? That is not like an opinion about myself. And so at some point, I just have to say... I have a large number of Twitter followers, right? Like, right. And, and that, they're not
0: all wrong to follow you.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I really do be looking at that number. I'm like, I don't know what y'all, I, I don't know why you're here. I don't know. You know, some of these tweets are like, like Tabia, my manager, she sent me a screenshot of where I, <laughs> I tweeted, like, where the waffles at. That was the whole tweet. Just like where the waffle's at. <laughs> and she sent me a screenshot and she's like, why does it have so many retweets? I was like, because people want to know if, where we're we finna get some waffles. This, this like, thing. this is the real question, right? Sometimes I look at stuff like that, I'm like, I don't know why that resonates That's with you. That's also the
0: title of book number three. Yeah, <laughs> book
2: number three is where the waffle's at. And it's the just e-viewing A viewing story. A pictorial That's actually the Hanif the... Abdurraqib story. <laughs>
0: is how is, that a, is, 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 that of, to is
2: Where's the Local <laughs> Waffle House? Um but um <laughs> But yeah, I forgot what I was talking about. Anyway, point being, at some point, at some point you can't you have to be like, yes, this these things are factually, this is a factual truth. But, you is know, is there pressure
1: with it? Do you feel like a responsibility or a power of like the the things I say will I mean, will we, spread or if I say something in, in a certain way, it will have greater impact cuz like
2: Yeah, I have thought about where that the recently. What are what is. what at? <laughs> um I have thought about that recently. Like, I something I'm not into is I don't ever want to be like people on Twitter are people. And so, hmm. um, and some of them are hmm. like, young people (laughs) (laughs) they're like human people and there's a human person behind and i never like moments where people forget that i'm a human person Hmm. and so i try not to enable things like if i see a tweet that is like really funny or like somebody saying something i think is foolish i was telling y'all before like i will like take a screenshot of it and crop their name out Mm -hmm. so that everyone's not just like piling onto them um I'm. I'm. A a friend of mine is Mark Lamont Hill, and Mark Lamont Hill has like a ton of Twitter followers. And he told this story on Combat Jack, um, and uh, on, on another podcast on Combat Jack, where he talked about how he tweeted something about Big Boy being trash. He tweeted something disparaging about Big Boy on his Twitter and he went to an outcast show with his daughter he brought his daughter and Big Boy on stage was like yo where's Mark Lamont (laughs) like I'm a fight like show he said a lot of things that I'm not gonna say but he made threatening comments in the direction of Mark and And his daughter was there he's like my daughter was there like he's like that was no."
0: no and he's
2: like that was the moment when I realized I can't just get on Twitter and say stuff. So with that as the baseline, I'm, I'm not like at that point. I'm yeah. not at that point in any regard. I can still say as many disparaging remarks about J. Cole as I or Big Boy or whoever as I want and no one's gonna come for me. <laughs> you it, know? it has
0: been kinda of funny though. Like we you know, we do this we'll do beef with an RB singer yeah. in a minute. Um, oh,
2: we're still doing that? Oh no, Dang. it's big. You gotta
0: think about that. But we have, Yikes. you know, for like bigger folks who we've been talking to about having on the show or whatever, being like Oh, if they start beating with an R&B, like the R&B singer might continue the (laughs) beat. Yeah. Well,
2: yeah, I don't think I'm at that level. I don't think any of these people are checking for me. But, um...
0: Are we good? good.
2: Okay. Yeah, I don't think any of these people are checking for me, thankfully. That's good. Um, I will tell y'all. Yeah, I mean, any of these people are checking for me, but... um. What was the question? Relatability. I'm still on, like, can black women relate to you because you like your job?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's 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 not exactly how I said
0: it. That's
2: No, that's not what I said. I'm being unfair. I'm being unfair. I was trying to process the question. I mean, yeah.
0: Oh, that's so funny. I don't know.
2: Cut all that (laughs) off. Just cut out everything.
0: Just out everything I said. Not a touch. I mean,
2: I think that, like, I think we live in a world. I mean, this has a lot to do with, like, damon and like let us breathe and both y'all i mean something you say that's true all the time is like this is not a world of scarcity right mm-hmm. yeah. and like the united states in particular is not a place of scarcity it is a it has become a place of scarcity because of it's the way engineered. it's engineered scarcity right and like we live in a society in which every every child every child could have summer camp right yeah, like right. there's no reason yeah. every kid can't i have
1: think summer the one camp. that like points it out to me once I saw that there are currently more abandoned homes than homeless people in in America.
2: Hello. And that's why like and y'all the writing thing is like that's why I want to say I'm digging up dirt about Chicago. Like I wrote this piece I wrote this piece for the New Republic about Chicago public housing and um and I put I, the headline I put on it was Rahm Emanuel's next scandal, Chicago's housing. Yeah. And I put it on there aspirationally being like, please, everyone, like, like come scandalize this, scandalize this. <laughs> like, come on, like, this is terrible, because we have similarly to the CPS in which everything is mayorally appointed. The person who runs the Chicago Housing Authority is also appointed by mm. the mayor. Right. And um, anyway, Chicago Housing Authority has all these vacant units that mm. they are collecting federal right. money on and in, and they are not housing people and they have condemned them and they are using it as a way of driving people out of places that are now desirable places. But you're like, or like we are spending more money, the whole idea of million dollar blocks in places like North London. Like we legit could get all the people who are supposed to be on that block out of prison and just give them a stipend and buy them a house. And we (laughs) would still be. And that's why like idea. I mean, now that we live in the Trumpian era where we're just going to waste money on building a wall. But when I was coming up, Cons- yeah, so called conserv back in my day, conservatives talked about these things called fiscal responsibility right, and austerity. Right. And I'm like, you want to be really fiscally responsible. Yeah. Right. What we could yeah. do is, you know. Anyway, <laughs> right. so um so I do believe that it's possible for all of us to do work that we love and that is empowering. I think that there are many, many structural barriers in place in people's lives that stop those things from happening. I I think that on the one hand, we need to fight to tear down those barriers. And then I also do think that in many of our lives, some of those barriers are structural and some of them are things that we have a little bit more control over. Hmm. And I'm not a person that's ever going to – I'm extremely cynical about people that are like, you need to change your attitude to change your life, right? And, like, I'm very – I have a lot of – Tony
0: Robbins type. Yeah.
2: And, like, I will never throw any book in the trash, but I have disposed of a lot of books that people have given me in my life as gifts that are basically suggesting that, like – you know, that you can, that y- your psychology is the primary engine of your own self-improvement or something right. like that. Um, so, and if y'all ever have beef with a radio show host instead of beef with an R&B singer, Ooh, I'll yeah. have beef with Charlemagne. Oh, yeah. Uh, for, so reasons, for, for so many reasons. Many reasons for so many reasons. For so many reasons. No, but he's but
1: super big on that. I'm his like,
2: garbage book. This yeah. book is him on the cover. Yeah, oh, I hate Black that privilege. book. Oh, I hate that book. I, I like, Ooh. I was like,
1: I, I got kind of like, at first, ooh. I was like, that is just, like, nonsense, because I heard yeah. him the first time kind of, like, saying that idea. Because his point was, like, white privilege doesn't exist was, like, oh, his first gosh, entry man. into this. Uh, but now I almost want to
0: read it to, the, like, the
1: understand the Damon, argument.
2: You don't want to read it because that joint, ooh, boy.
1: But I think, like, it, I think it echoes, like... A,
2: it echoes a, something a lot of people think. A believe. lot of people right. think it, so we got to yeah. know how
1: it's articulated Yeah, and, like, and use you know, that as a starting point of, like, nah,
2: and you know what's funny about that? It's one of the ways in which we, as African American people are so much of our environment of this country, whether in ways that we have to wrestle with that are really uncomfortable, and one of those ways is that we have also been raised a, 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 among the ideology about like personal uplift right? right and that and like which is yeah, it's just a lot? ooh, I hate charlemagne so much
1: <laughs> yeah, uh. i think I think the, the way I articulate what's wrong with him is. That- <laughs>
2: because <laughs> there's so many reasons. The way brothers. I articulate this wrong with <laughs> him is by is writing a scroll yeah, of several that he's
1: 20s. not as dumb as he pretends to be mm. and he's not as smart as he so pretends he's
2: totally to be. complicit right in, yeah like, oh, that's so, great So yeah. he
1: like that's he cr- knows when he's saying boy and then sometimes when he thinks he's like saying something really smart yeah. and profound he's actually not that smart
2: my favorite moment was during politicon this week mm-hmm. there was this moment where he, down, yeah. he was yeah he was on the panel and these black trans women stood up and was like not to, they were just screaming at him like you laugh at black trans women; we are not a joke and my the look on his face—he was so shook. Yeah. He was no, so to his
0: core, to his wow. core, his yeah. yeah.
2: very being. He looked and, so and deeply shook. And like his shook. whole
0: thing and is that he's unshakable. He doesn't get shook, right? right. That,
2: no, he just. That's looked the one thing like, that
1: doesn't impress me is that he could. He, right. could, he could stand on. Yeah, his own. he's a. He's oh, a, he's
2: fine. He, he'll be fine.
1: But he was. Sh- Shout out, that out that to his moment. makeup artist, though. Or is that makeup?
2: I mean, his brows are very yeah, well does, articulated. Yeah. So, as a fan of brows, I just want to <laughs> say, Charlemagne's brows. My beef is not with you. I celebrate you. <laughs> it's, I it's, honor it's you. The, like the, the brows, rest of the, the, the rest of the dude got to go, but the brows. You know, browse. <laughs> if you need to
1: find a safe place to leave, let me know. You can go yeah, can, with me. Can Charlemagne be an honorary R&B singer? I mean, we I just got like... beef
2: with lots of folks, but no, I mean.
0: That counts for me. me. But, to,
2: but to your question, I think that like. He dresses oh, like one. That's right. <laughs> I think to your question is just thinking about how we can make space for everybody to do work that they love to do. And mm-hmm. that like I was in a workshop once with um, Bill Ayers and Bern- Bernadine Dorn. And Bill Bill said something once where he was saying as a joke, like. We were talking about envisioning the future, and he's like, "And I don't want to work. No one should work." Right. And then Bernadine was like, "No, I want everyone to have joy in their labor." Like, I and that's that's something that the I strive difference between
1: for. work and jobs.
2: Yo, yes. snaps okay. to that.
0: And that's actually that's something that Miriam said on the last one and the first one was this idea of like wh- where you, how what you get paid for and what you do or mm-hmm. can be two very different. And like for most for most of her life and for most of most people's lives right. those two things are divergent. And
2: that is the that is the exclusive privilege. I'm not exclusive in the sense that I'm the only one, but that is that is the particular point of privilege that I'm occupying at the moment, which is that I'm mm-hmm. able to leverage getting actually earning income from doing mm-hmm. things that I want to do. And that is an extraordinary privilege that I that still quite shocks me and that people will pay me money for some of the things that I want to do. I'm just I said to my partner the other day I'm like It is just amazing to think like the things I had to do at one point to get such a small amount of money, (laughs) like such a small amount, like the amount of duress I would put myself through to get like very small
0: amounts of money. (laughs) Yeah, The the multiple email back and forth running around. No, not even email. I mean like body, I mean like like bodily duress for for 10 hours. Yeah. Or just,
2: (laughs) I mean, yeah, just bodily duress that I would undergo for like (laughs) very small amounts of money. Pull it all the way real quick.
0: Yep there we go we're good we're good
2: compared to (laughs) now what people will offer me to do things that I'm like yeah okay I'll come have a I'll come talk for an hour I don't care about whatever (laughs) (laughs)
0: you want to pay me to do what
2: (laughs) that's crazy and then also but again leveraging that to think about like Okay, how can I bring somebody else with me right. to like get some of that money and like how can I
1: like cut the check?
2: Yeah, and cut like the check. <laughs> my manager is a black woman that is trying to build a business, a management business, right? And like, how can I support her and grow together right. as opposed to being on like a larger speaker roster or whatever? And so thinking about how that can be an exercise in
0: collective economics as well. Right. So before we get out of here, and Are I, they I, finna I, drive us out. Sorry, no, we, yeah. we got a no. This is. Honestly this is the most fun thing. I think I've heard many people pitch this and I've heard you like jokingly pitch it the like you just do a podcast where different people interview you? No,
2: Dinesh, that was <laughs> Dinesh's idea. Dinesh was, Dines was like, there should just be a podcast of people interviewing you. And I was like, <laughs> it's
0: an amazing idea. <laughs> I, th- thank you. I, That's I, hilarious. I, I, <laughs> it's just called With I, Eve viewing.
2: That is so funny. No, that was Dinesh's idea. I thought it was very funny. That should actually
1: work in sub for somewhere about somebody. So maybe not you. Maybe yeah, you, Maybe not me. No, but I like someone constantly being interviewed yeah. by different people. That's would, a brilliant idea.
2: It would idea. be really funny the person would have to have a lot of like versatility to talk about different things. You No, no, no. We're think of somebody else. Y'all are, y'all are too much. Well, I need to do a roast where I just come on and you just tell me my head is big and I you think
1: viewing roast. Ooh.
2: Okay, let's move
1: on. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> well, you, actually you got you got two spectrums. You either could be
0: celebrated lived. and, and yeah, interviewed roasted. every time or were roasted. <laughs>
2: Yeah, why, why, you know, I, I mean, more, my brother tells me that I'm a nerd and a dork all the time. Like, there's enough people telling me that. I Like you suck. said,
0: and there's people on the why street are yeah, they why they and racist you? trolls in Chicago or in the
2: because Chicago roast a, each other all day that's, every exactly, day Exactly, right? street. We like don't need a special like roast event. Be like, boy, look at you. A, look as at an like art a art form,
1: is so part of our culture. Yeah, right? they're like, we should have more organized roast. No, we
2: we don't need an organized roast. Just like, just be like, just roast people. Like, there was this um one time on Twitter like two years ago. There was this night where some some random dude, was. he said something about Chicago on Twitter. And Chicago Twitter rose up and they like went through his whole profile. And they're like, somehow people, see, you know how black people come up with these jokes that like don't, don't make sense? Make sense? Then, <laughs> the but then you just drive in. So somebody found his old picture on his profile where his shoes... Someone say his shoes look like loaves of bread. <laughs> he was wearing these like Clarks and then like <laughs> everyone was like, Boy, look at like the like the shoes of those new Quiznos, those, those quiznos ones, you know, like people just went and you know, saw him, including great. yours truly. You could definitely find and some people were like, Eve Ewing is out here saying this man's feet look like <laughs> sandwiches. I was like, No, y'all, like
0: No, his feet do look his like His feet sandwiches. is some
2: you know looks anyway, like
0: that mother's
1: bread, right?
2: Right. I was like looking like a Giordano right. So anyway, as Kanye Omari West once said, never for one second forget, I'm from Chicago. So, but yeah, we don't need organized roasts. We'll roast, I mean, you know. We don't need them. I mean, what do we, we don't really need, need, them, need? We have
0: everything but we need, but we don't have roast. Right, <laughs> <laughs> we to add more right. roasts. That's the only thing we I think video.
2: it would be cool to have a roast if we if it was a fundraiser or like a political motivator against people that are enemies. Like, like if we had a Rahm Emanuel roast right. and it wasn't, but the thing is, part of the roast is, is that, that the person has to, to be either. there right. to like hear it, right.
0: to to receive the roast. That's true. I don't mm. think you can't do a roast in effigy. That doesn't work. Yeah, you, you can't, can't. Just have like a because I need you Ramda. to stand there
2: and have to and like take this. and take the roast. <laughs> or sometimes have like the, the super fire comeback. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Oh, he would be terrible. Who could we at no, that. he. You need could you could need roast? people. You you know he couldn't like come back with with like he would be the worst at playing have that have game. Yeah, he, he is, would like...
2: just flee the scene. He <laughs> would just be like, I'm uncomfortable, and he would just leave, which it, isn't man, so cool. If any
1: listeners have a <laughs> have a good like roast
0: subject,
2: <laughs> I feel like Tony Preckwinkle... Actually, I feel like several aldermen. I feel like there's a lot of Ooh, aldermen. You could do an alder roast. That could step alder up an uh, alder roast. I feel like we'll a lot of aldermen could step up. And like would that's absolutely so like treat yeah. your whole life like yeah. back. Like I feel like they would
0: love that to be the center of attention. Yeah, like
2: that, to yeah. be the center of attention. I feel like you I'm think that's ever happened Alderman... in the city
0: council chambers? <laughs> just been going back and forth.
2: So. <laughs> I feel like Willie Cochran got roasted when they were like, "Boy, the feds is outside for you right now." Like Willie Cochran, the feds came to arrest him in the middle of a city council meeting, <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like all the men were like, "Boy, you know you about to be right. anyway." This that was close.
1: You know how cricket of a. Alderman in Chicago, <laughs> you, have you have to, to be, be to actually get for arrested. Cops <laughs> to come, get you in the middle of
2: the day. Be like, I know mm. Willie don't need to ride home today. <laughs> like, <laughs> They're
0: like, yeah, hey, it's your chauffeur. We gave right. him the rest of the day. All in <laughs>
2: favor of giving Willie the keys to the back door? Okay, cool. Right? Like, <laughs> I feel like that was like a roast day at City Council.
0: Before we get out of here, and before you read a piece, this is actually. I know you said there's like a bunch of stuff in the new book that was in the the next book, yeah. like just wild shit happening in the city that yeah. you're gonna have in there. <laughs> But, like, since you are a student of the city's history, Mm -hmm. are there any, like, very particular historical things that you're just, like, I can't believe?
2: Oh, I'll tell you one. Well, in terms of, like, horrible
0: corruption? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Oh, man, I wish I'd prepared for this question because there were a couple that I came up (laughs) with recently that I was like, this is just so bad. Okay, well, I'll tell you a little tidbit that I discovered recently. This isn't to do with corruption per se, but... Um, I was looking for I was looking through some newspaper archives I was looking for something else unrelated and I came across this story that I became a little bit obsessed with about (laughs) this girl um, what was her name oh my gosh I want to look it up but I'm not just uh, edit out the part of me thinking out loud (laughs) Um, about a young black woman who went to the University of Chicago in like 1904 And she was in a sorority and she was – the newspaper said she was passing. Mm -hmm. So she – they all thought she was white and she was in this sorority and the sorority sisters found out that she was black. And not only was she black, but she was a sister to this guy, Mushmouth Johnson, (laughs) who was the Negro gambling king of the vice (laughs) dance of like early 20th century Chicago (gasps) – so what, His name was Mushmouth. Mushmouth Johnson. That was not his government name, obviously. His, he had, I feel like his first name was Jonathan or something. I don't remember. Don't quote me on that. Oh, man. But um, so, so this young woman was in the sorority and the sorority sisters became suspicious of her because they was petty because she was super rich because her brother was, he was paying for her to go to college and he was giving her all this money. And the newspaper article, they said things like she would come to the parties and she'd be wearing these like expensive gowns or like there was a streetcar strike before we had the CTA, we had streetcars and she was taking horse-drawn carriages to class, (laughs) which is like the equivalent of like showing showing up in in like Uber, Uber Lux, right, like (laughs) limo, like, and so she was taking carriages to class, she wore these expensive gowns and she also would buy theater tickets to everything for her friends, she would like treat everybody to food, she was just balling out, okay, (laughs) and so they became like well, what's going on? They became suspicious. And then one of them was like, I went to her house and I saw all these pictures of all these Negroes on the wall. And then I was like, is she colored? But then I just thought maybe they have like colored friends, <laughs> you know? And it's like, so somehow it comes out that this guy is her brother and that she's in school and she's like disgraced. And part of it was, there are so many layers and levels of the story. Like one of it is this kind of the story of like black mobility, like an you know, attempted upward mobility, mm-hmm. where the brother is making his money through right. this means that is not considered respectable or it's considered like ill-gotten means. And what he's doing with that money is trying to pay the- for his sister to go to U of C. Right. And like and then also the idea that even with all this money that she couldn't buy her way into society mm-hmm. and that yeah. her using that money made her a subject of suspicion. And then when she and then also they kept saying all these things like everybody loved her, she was the captain of the blah 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 team. She was in the Mandolin Club where mm-hmm. she played the mandolin. <laughs> she was like an honor student. She was this, that, and the other. And all those things then in turn made her a source of like Susp- contempt yeah. and yeah. suspicion. And then there were all these follow-up stories where the Tribune was like, Well, maybe we don't know if some of this is true. Like maybe she was Mushmouth's niece, or um, mm-hmm. then people said there were follow-up stories where her friends were like, She was her black friends were like she's not passing she was always proud of who she was so like maybe some of this story was fabricated it was very unclear but I was so I'm like a little bit obsessed and I was this tweeted. sounds like a movie yeah I have talked to one of my friends who writes I have I have one friend that writes TV shows and one friend that writes movies and I don't understand anything about either of those forms <laughs> of writing yeah. and so whenever I have any idea I like force them yeah. to like uh, so I have talked to one screenwriter friend about making this into a movie and I was like when do you want to do this ha, ha, ha. and he was like now <laughs> <laughs> um, so maybe it'll be a movie I don't know
0: and in the meantime you just show up at your office at U Chicago and a horse drunk yeah. <laughs> yeah well
2: it's like there's so many yeah there's just so many levels like yeah. even things like right now as we're talking about affirmative action stuff in the country mm. this week like there's even an erasure I think a lot of people don't realize that black people were even going to these schools a right. hundred mm-hmm. years ago it was like right. we didn't just show up you know right. um, but I just thought that was a great story now side story you asked me this question so you're gonna regret it and I know you've had Daniel K. Hertz on this show, mm-hmm. so I am not the wonkiest person to come on air <laughs> because you had Daniel and he is worse than me. He is a person I would definitely do a podcast with. But man, that would be the world's most boring <laughs>
0: But there would be like 12 so, much information. There would just be like way too much information. I'd be love? like,
2: bro, you, yeah, 12 people would really enjoy it. <laughs> I'd be like, bro, you can't show graphs like on the radio. Right? Like you can't, no one He's can like, see that chart. If,
0: if you look at the, if you look at the incline yeah. right, on the Right. I'd be like, graph. no one
2: can see that. But, um, So previously, somebody who I write about in my book is this guy, Jesse Binga, who was – he was the first black bank owner in in Illinois. And he had this bank, uh, savings bank in Bronzeville, and he would use it to give home loans to black people that couldn't get mortgages otherwise. So his house was bombed six times. (sighs) And – and he had money right so he would like pay for armed guards and put up a reward like if if you can if anyone can figure out who's bombing my house like right but like that money was not enough to save him. Right. And he ended up, his bank ended up completely going under during the depression. um, And he died like a custodian in a church. Mm. And I've told that story on Twitter before and it's in my book. And it's partially thinking about like the, the dream of black capitalism and how that's not adequate as like a vision of freedom. Mm. But, Jesse Binga married a woman named Eudora Johnson, who was also another sister of Mushmouth Johnson. Oh, the, the, gam- the Negro gambling king of the Vice Dens of Chicago. And so. The Negro gambling, <laughs> the Negro gambling king. <laughs> of the Vice Dens of Chicago. And, and, they, and so, they named
0: their kid in tribute to him Mushmouth. And
2: potentially, and, and potentially, there are theories that.
0: <laughs> they are your grandmother? <laughs> no, no,
2: no, they were, no relation. My family was still in Mississippi at the time. Um they had not saved their dollars to board the train to ride north to freedom yet uh but they uh so potentially the money from mushmouth's gambling enterprises started this bank, started this bank right mm. because he because when he died, he left the money to his sister who then married jesse minga so wow so. People in the 40s, 30s, 40s are buying houses in Chicago Based and able it. to yeah. have the dream of black home ownership because of this, like, gambling, dude. And so it, there's, like, so many levels to this in terms of, like...
1: I think so much about the, the, the black economy around right? gambling and number running and how that basically got co-opted yes. with like, casinos and the Yes, lottery. my yeah. grandfather
2: was a bookie and a numbers yeah. runner and running other things too but right. um, but he yeah yeah no it is so interesting right and n- the numbers game it's kind of an example of like what's happening now with weed right yeah. it's like when black yeah. people are doing something as like a side enterprise hustle it's it illegal and now, yeah, right. right and so um, yeah but I'm so into that story and I already knew the. that's why I say when I say I'm like oh I just get obsessed with like because I already knew the Jesse Binga story from like two years ago mm-hmm. and so then it's just like I'm always in an episode of like Wishbone or Ghost Rider yeah. or something and I'm like wait this is the guy who was the, this guy and that what the
0: right? This sound like a series now.
2: This it is. It it's like amazing. Movie. Yeah it's amazing. But Where uh,
0: is your WTTW <laughs> show?
2: Yeah no one day. On
0: Chicago Tonight. Yeah right one after. day. That's great.
2: But um, anyway point being it's kind of an interesting story because it's also about like the blurry lines of respectability and the yeah. black economy and all those and you know whenever people are like well Jay Z sold drugs it's like yeah I mean yeah
0: Well we've know, talked about it a lot you know but when, I remember when we had Bella on, right around when we had you on the first time, actually talking about being, you know, this idea of being a drug war survivor. Yeah. And yes. like this being that's the- kind of the
1: documentary I want to
0: make. Yeah. Around, you know, that's my story,
1: is that like my yeah. dad was able to get into entertainment and like yeah. I was to get, be privately educated. In my
2: and his life. story about that is and it's very intentional and, the yeah, way he talks about yeah, it, right? Yeah.
1: So, right. go from that to a subway franchise to then like having enough money to like pay his way onto stage.
2: Right. Right. <laughs> and how much of that oh man, yeah, I have so many thoughts about that. Like how much of that is not possible when we move away from like cash economies and like Right. um and, and when we're and under like and surveillance more, yeah. and, and computer. It's just a Freedom lot just like taxes. Taxes. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. No, there's levels. Anyway, that's a cool thing I recently yeah. read about.
0: All right. Man, uh, we could just keep it. Like I said last time, putting quarters yeah. in the jukebox. <laughs> this is so much fun. Thank let's, you. Uh, let's, let's hear this
1: poem. Y'all want to hear yeah. a poem?
0: Yeah. Okay, oh, cool. Yeah, perfect.
2: Um, My beef with the R&B singer was R. Kelly, so it's not a mm-hmm. special. Oh, yeah. No, that's the Raptors. That's, that's what it's for. That's, welcome
1: to the, yeah, welcome that's to every week. Okay. Yo, fuck.
2: <laughs> <Like R. Kelly. laughs> yeah, why is he still here? Ugh. Why are you still here, R. Kelly? Okay. Um this poem is about um the heat wave in Chicago that happened in the mid-90s, um, in which hundreds of people died. Mm. Um and it happened in I believe nineteen ninety-six. Uh and I and I it was like between four and seven hundred people died. Mm. Um I should have looked up these numbers before I came. But hundreds multiple hundreds of people died in this heat wave. And it's not something you hear talked about as yeah. like a tragedy. I'm, I mean, yeah. Daniel, I'm curious. Have you ever heard of the heat wave? Yeah. I so, haven't either. Yeah. Well, and there I you was go. Alive. You were alive.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it was just that week that you were sweating a lot.
2: <laughs> yeah. So it was like over a hundred degrees in Chicago for multiple days and hundreds of people died. Many of them were or public elderly. housing yeah. residents and, and, or were elderly. Or um, yeah. And that's why we have things like cooling centers. And mm-hmm. when you see those ads, it's because yeah. of that heat wave. And it's not something that's talked about as like a tragedy, a historical event. Uh, and like, Um, I know we're supposed to be done with the questions, but one other part of the kind of my internal perpetual project is thinking about the history that we have lived and are living now as
0: history, right? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. this is our history. This is important. Yeah. Um, We talk a lot about that movement from memory to history and how often one gets a lot, one, a lot gets lost in that transition and also who gets to do it gets, you know, gets pulled up. Yeah, Yeah. right, exactly. So we can um, do it in real time.
2: So this is a poem about, that. The poem is called July, July. One summer in Chicago the people baked to death in brick. Mouths open for water or to say my lord or to say I love you mama or to sing or their eyes closed and they died in their sleep. Sweat spelling the shape of an angel against floral patterns spilling into the quilted stitching a new map. Not just one river, but many. Tracing an X, and an X, and another, full of salt water like the coasts we never met. That summer, or maybe it was the summer before, or another summer, or every summer, we lay on our backs, the one good comforter protecting us from the nails and staples in the floorboards that would have etched their little brands into our still baby skin, metal pressing through my thin cotton undershirt like a toothache. In my pillowcase, I hid books and used Kleenex. Each night, I listened to my brother wheeze. I prayed for rain to come. I said, I love you. I didn't say, it's too hot to breathe right. I said, good night. I didn't say whether I would give up or not. I said, this is still home. I said, my Lord.
1: Ooh. Are you inside the poem
0: still? <laughs> I'm deep inside it. Wow. Nah, that, that thank wow. you for sharing that. Thank and delivering you. it that way as well. That's thank beautiful. you.
2: I um I hope we can think about as our planet is changing and our climate is changing, Yikes. how it's gonna contribute to things like that and how um the people that are already the most vulnerable to the, yeah. uh, the evils of the world in which we live are only, only going to be made more so as our planet is dying. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's something I care about a lot. So
1: mm. if you're going to build a wall, build them around the sea, sea lines. Yeah,
2: right, right. Maybe we that would be a good wall. wall. That's you know, a, specific, That would be a helpful place, place for a wall. Yeah. I thought you were going to say around the sun. No. I was like, you know what? Let's workshop that idea. <laughs> this is Damon. Like, let's, let's uh, put that in the parking lot. <laughs> put that in the parking lot. We'll come back to that. Damon. Okay, one idea. No, but it's a bit of a thing. You know, thing. you're in a workshop and We'd, kids say yeah. something you're like, all right, all right, wall around I the sun. That. Okay, I hear you. This isn't my
0: thing. Damon had this big, like, multi week push where whenever we were talking about environmental justice, he would be like, so the problem is. We need, it's too much CO2, not enough oxygen. We need more trees. We just
1: need more trees. We do need more we trees. We just need, a, we just need, everybody needs to plant a tree
2: and we That's need. That's a throwback and, to 90s <laughs> environmentalism. <laughs> like just plant everybody plant a tree. And yeah. also,
1: water rising does not have to be the end of us being able to live there. We can build things to address higher water. There's been like no conversation mm. of like practically addressing s- sea levels.
0: I've been, I was at a. When I when I was in that high doesn't school.
1: make any sense to me. I've not heard one person yeah. say, "Let's build some but
2: walls." But well, shit, my I'm loving still. my <laughs> loving pushback to that right. is I need it. My my loving pushback to that is that for people who I think it depends on right. the geographic context and what you're talking. So if you're a person who lives like in the South Pacific on a really tiny island,
0: mm, right? You're,
2: it's not. It's partially that like number one, you either. Don't have the capital or shouldn't have to repurpose the capital to do that, right? right, right. Number two, you are now victim to a problem that you mostly didn't make cre- right. and it's create. Right. And number three, there are other aspects of your way of life that include like interacting with like the water, water. Right. whether that's like subsistence a, fishing. Yeah. Or, but, yeah, but It's not imperfect. When I was. Or or it isn't. I mean, in a it lot is of places. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. No, 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 it's
0: perfect.
2: But I hear you, but I do hear you.
0: <laughs> Man, we gotta land this point. I don't even know who's driving this that thing that. anymore thank you so much thanks e. y'all people you know where to find you love and appreciate so you no
2: you. that's not true where, well, where, where, where can I uh, find you so, <laughs> so ridiculous you can find me next to the state street preacher just <laughs> yelling at people telling them they're going to hell for smoking cigarettes <laughs> on state street no um I saw Someone the, should just stand right there
1: and be like, no, you're not. I saw <laughs> I, he says. No you're not. You're fine.
2: You're fine. Wearing shorts is okay. You're good. I saw him in Jewel this week. Oh. I saw him, which is I saw <laughs> just, him in,
1: just jarring. I saw him in I'm, Jewel.
2: I said that on Twitter. Someone was like, what was he doing? I was like, buying groceries. I saw him in Jewel. And uh, there were people in the Jewel so shucking corn, like leaving the corn husks yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And I a day later I was like. I should have said something to the preacher about the corn. He should have told them, shucking corn and leaving the husks on the ground is going to make you go to hell. If you don't, anyway, uh, are, you can find me at... Uh,
0: this is what you meant by like you take what people have to give and you purpose it to reimagine us Yes, a yes
2: I'm like State Street Preacher tell people to stop leaving corn husks
0: <laughs> on the floor of the jewel. I just, I hope he hears this. <laughs> yeah, I hope
2: I He's do really into podcasts. So. Yeah, I mean, hey, I don't know his life. He could be really, I don't know. Yeah. I do, yeah. Anyway, someone was like, someone on Twitter was like, how did you recognize him? I was like, uh, <laughs> hello, shrug emoji that you can't see because I'm on the radio but that's what I'm doing right now. Um, you can find me at eveewing.com. E is an elephant, V is in victory, E is an elephant, E W I N G.com, uh, or at eviewing on the Wikipedia machine, or Instagram, eve.ewing. Uh, you can also find me in these streets yelling at yelling
0: at people Wonderful. <laughs> Yell, just yelling at them only, pe- only peeling back the top of the corn yeah only
2: peeling back the top of the corn and poking it with my fingernail to see if it's firm and ready to eat
0: what a practical piece of advice thanks yes with. thank you thank you for being here we'll be this back next week with another strong young voice from Chicago and beyond much love to the people peace yay <laughs>